Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Bigger Than Me. I'm your host, Allie Hare. So instead of an embarrassing story today, I am going to give you uh, a little tale of anxiety, if you will. Um, I apologize to the turtles every time I ask for a plastic straw anywhere. Um, it's like, can I please have a straw? I love the turtles, but can I have a straw? Because uh, I do. I love the turtles. But I also fucking refuse to sip a beverage through a fucking mini toilet paper roll. Um, that really might just be a millennial thing. The generation before us doesn't really give a fuck. And I don't think anyone expects any apologies from Gen Z. For as much shit that's thrown at Gen Z, those kids got something right. Like, it's like they all collectively got together and said, you know what? Fuck the guy who decided we had to pay to exist. I am doing a little procrastinating here because, ooh, this one is, this one's a little tough. Um, but I've been working on writing this for a little while now, so we're just, we're just going to get into it. Um, so this one's called My Sincerest Apologies. And here we go. Allie can't come to the phone right now. She's healing. Uh, I'll start with a quote right after I admit that this is a string of thoughts that I've hopefully strung together enough to make sense. It makes sense to me. Um, I'm going to stop trying so hard to sound like I know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm trying. I'm learning. Here we go. Healing is not becoming the best version of yourself. Healing is letting the worst version of yourself be loved. That is by Kobe Campbell. This changed my life like a month ago. So here's my story. I didn't look at myself for almost three years. Not really. Um, yes, I looked at my face. I checked out my outfit, but I didn't look at me. The me behind the makeup and the baggy clothes that I told myself would hide the fact that my body was changing. I wouldn't look at myself before I stepped in the shower. <laughs> I practically like threw my clothes off and hopped in before I could catch even a glimpse of myself naked. Okay. Um, I also didn't let my husband look at me. And that's the first time I've admitted that out loud to anyone other than him. He would of course, say nice things and kind things and sexy things to me all the time, but I didn't believe him. I wouldn't let myself believe him. How could he possibly want me? How could he possibly love me? I didn't want me. And I didn't love me. I told myself I had nothing to offer him and nothing to offer the world except to just work really fucking hard and make a fuck ton of money because then I would at least be worth something. Insert my favorite phrase. <laughs> Tell me you have daddy issues without telling me you have daddy issues. My dad taught me a lot growing up. He taught me about Star Wars. He taught me about Gettysburg. <laughs> he taught me about chocolate pecan pie and the NFL, just to name a few. But he also taught me that love was conditional. That in order to receive love, I needed to be the best. The best daughter, the best student, the best errand girl, the best everything. And that if I fucked up, if I made a mistake, if I didn't say yes, I was no longer worthy of love. 
And I thought that's how life worked. If you're successful, you're loved. If you're the best, you're loved. Because again, love was transactional. Love had terms and conditions. And I thought love was only for good people. And I believed I was not a good person. Because good people don't make mistakes. Good people don't disobey. Good people don't make the wrong choices. Good people follow the rules. Good people get into the honors college. Good people would definitely never lie about applying to the honors college because they never wanted to go in the first place, but they were too afraid to say no. Um, good people don't make their fathers regret being proud of them. Um, and speaking of, here's another fun little quote. I'm going to leave out the author on this one, but I bet you can guess. I would kill you but you're not worth going to jail for. First of all, don't end a sentence with a preposition. Second of all, this really took a turn. Um, and finally, I was a fucking kid, and I was terrified to tell the truth. I absolutely, like, hate to admit this, but I think this is why I'm really, really, really excellent at sales. Um, I learned to lie at a very young age. Lie might not be the right word. Make the truth sound softer. We'll go with lie. Um, unsurprisingly, I can date my struggles with severe anxiety back to about that same exact spot on the timeline. If I got caught lying, I, I would be in a lot of trouble. Of course. But if I told the truth, if I stood up for myself, or God forbid, said no, it, it would be much worse. If I got caught lying, I would be punished immediately. Um, varying degrees of punishment. Uh, but if I told the truth, if I came clean about whenever I had fucked up, um, I would get the silent treatment for hours, days, weeks, I think. It felt like forever. Um, and then I would get punished. So, I mean, either way, I was going to get punished. Um, the funny thing about the silent treatment is that there's always this, like, really fun game that we play to signal the end of it. Um, so the rules are, as soon as I'm needed for something, we just pretend like nothing ever happened. Pretending is fun. So anyway, I'm pretty sure I just realized that I was the retirement plan. Um, and that plan really, <laughs> really backfired. Scaring a kid into never messing up will guarantee one of two things, or both, in my case, will happen. Uh, one, that kid will mess up so many things. Uh, and two, that kid is never going to fucking turn to you for help. Um, and here's a bonus one. That kid will learn what she's worth one day. She will learn who the fuck she is and unlearn everything that nearly destroyed her. She will learn that neither her weight, her net worth, her willingness to please others, her good choices, nor her bad ones will ever define her. Because she is worthy. And she matters. So these are my two sincerest apologies. And this probably isn't the tea that you came here to drink. But these are my two sincerest apologies to myself. The one I'll never get from him. 
and the one I've owed myself for a really, really long time. So going back to, uh, I didn't look at myself for nearly three years. I couldn't figure out why I didn't feel loved when I had everything I ever wanted. I was super successful. I had nice things. had a lot of money. Someone even wanted to marry my ass. Um, but I didn't feel loved. How could I? <laughs> I hated myself so much. So fucking much. So when I found myself at my worst, the lowest I could remember self remember myself feeling, I hid. I hid myself from the world. I hid my heart from the pain. I hid from mirrors. And I hid from my husband. I refused to accept any love because I was taught to believe that I wasn't worthy of it until I was better, until I was more successful, until I was skinnier, until I had more money, until, until I nearly decided not to be here anymore. I stopped looking for the light at the end of the tunnel, and I started to consider just turning the light off. But I took a chance. I decided I deserved one more chance, and I'm so fucking glad I did. I started to open up little by little, very, very little by little. I started to knock down my walls. And I started to believe the people in my life when they told me they loved me. And I started to love myself. While we're at it, here's another apology, a bonus apology, if you will. I'll be at a blanket one uh, because of the sheer amount of you. I'm sorry to everyone I've ever pushed away before you could do it first. You heard that correctly. In my mind, you were always going to throw me away. Because, I mean, once you figured out that I wasn't a good person, you were going to throw me away. But let's be honest. <laughs> the ones that did throw me away knew I'd be the first one at their fucking door the second they said they needed me. Why? Because they obviously loved me. Right? They took, and they took, and they took, and they took, and they gave crumbs in return. But you follow the breadcrumbs because that's how love works. That's how trust works. I should probably save the realization that I spent years, like, exclusively dating assholes who treated me the way my father did for another episode. I'm sorry to the ones who tried to love me the hardest when I was unwilling to accept it. I'm sorry to the ones who I decided couldn't love me because I wasn't good enough. And I'm even sorry to the ones who needed me to stay in that black hole and wouldn't love me after I dug myself out of it. I stopped making those famous chocolate pecan pies um, the year that I removed him from my life. And for three years, I didn't touch that New York Times cookbook. It, <laughs> that cookbook, when you go to open it, you literally can just set it on its spine and let it fall open, and it will open to the chocolate pecan pie recipe um, that tells you that I literally only use that cookbook for one thing, um, and that it's been used many, many, many times. Um, 
But I didn't touch that cookbook. I didn't make those pies. Um, I didn't spread my yearly Thanksgiving joy because I didn't have any joy to spread. I couldn't remember if I actually loved making those pies or if I was too scared to say I didn't want to make them. So I just kept making them year after year. But last November, I made six of them. And they were really fucking good. <laughs> uh, it turns out I love making those damn pies. I love eating them even more. Um, and I love sharing them the most. I'm finding the things I love again. I'm finding passion again. I'm finding excitement again and joy again. And I'm finding me again. I say again a lot, but maybe for the first time. And that's why I'm here. That's why I'm here. Um, I'm finding my voice that's always been here. And I'm not afraid to use it anymore. I'm not afraid to use it to stand up for me, to stand up for you, to stand up for what's right, to stand on the right side of history. I'm using my voice. And I'm fucking taking up space. I am taking up all the space. Because I couldn't look at myself. I couldn't bear to look at myself. Because I was at my worst. Which meant no one could possibly love me. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry to myself for putting, for putting myself through that. I'm sorry to anyone who has ever felt like they aren't worthy or that they can't love themselves because they aren't the best or the greatest or the most beautiful, the smartest, the most successful, the, the most talented. The day that I stopped trying to be the best, the day that I stopped, stopped believing that everyone in my life was competition because, because I thought, I thought they were, I thought I had to win at life in order to be loved. And if you've ever felt that way and no one's told you or you haven't let anyone help you believe it, I'm telling you. We're <laughs> this is morbid, I realize. I realize this, but just go with it. Um, none of us are getting out of here alive. None of us are getting out of here alive. So, fuck winning at life. This isn't a game. It's not a game. There's not a, a trophy at the end for best person. And I mean, you can look at the headlines and see that there are people that have all the money in the world and they need to fight with Twitter and race to space. Um, and there are other people who have all the money in the world and are finding affordable ways to provide medication to people who fucking need it. Um, so having, you know, having the most money in the world, 
it certainly doesn't make you the best person either. Um, I've veered off from what I, what I wrote, but I just wanted to make sure. I really, really wanted to make sure that if you have any of those thoughts in your head, whoever you are listening to this, if you have, if you ever had, um, if sometimes they pop up and, and you can't get rid of them, come back here. Come meet me back here and listen to this one again. Because you matter. You matter. You are worthy. You are loved. And you deserve everything that life has to offer. We all do. Healing is a weird thing, you guys. It's really weird. Some days it feels like, <laughs> it feels like puppies and, and soft blankets and, and just sunshine and rainbows and monsters under your bed. It feels like static in your brain that will never, never shut the fuck up. And I mean, everything and anything in between. But it's not a it's not a finish line I'm after, honestly. It's it's the journey. It's the journey because it's always gonna be a journey. It's always gonna be it's always gonna be fighting against fighting against what I've been conditioned to believe. Um, and I'll be a hundred percent honest. I, um, this isn't anything I've, I, I think I've even told my mom. Um, I may have told Daryl, but there are plenty of times that I've, I've really, really thought about picking up the phone. Um, mostly when Mostly when there's like a really crazy uh, headline surrounding the Panthers, that was pretty devastating for for a while. I uh, I stopped watching the Panthers play because again, um, I didn't know if I loved the Panthers or if it was just another thing I said yes to because I was too afraid to say no. Um, but I do love my Panthers. I do. <laughs> I do. I don't know what the fuck they're doing, but, <laughs> um, I know this is a short one, but this was what I felt like I needed to get out this week. Um, apologies, I guess, for talking about myself again, but here we are on my podcast. Um, thank you so much for being here um I still I still make mistakes I still fail at things but I no longer equate my failures with being a failure and I no longer subscribe to any idea that I have to be 
anything other than exactly who I am. Because I'm letting love meet me exactly where I am. And I'm not hiding anymore. I'm a big girl. I've got a big personality. This is bigger than me.